Hello, and welcome to the Finding the Magic Book Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 40. I'm thrilled for my podcast to hit Episode 40. I had no idea where this would go when I recorded my first episode and released it March 3rd, 2021. I have lots of new authors for you coming in 2022, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you love learning about new books and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors. Whether you like fantasy, sci-fi books, dystopian, or romance, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. A bit more about me. My name is Trisha Copeland. I'm a book lover, author, and host of the show. I write young adult fantasy and dystopian books, as well as clean new adult romance. You can find all my books at trishacopeland.com. Today, I'm hosting author Carl Novakovich. I read Carl's urban fantasy, The Watchers, the tomb in one afternoon and can't wait to pick his brain about the genesis of these characters and the story. Hi, Carl. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're going to have to pronounce your name real quick so everyone <laughs> can get it. Yeah, it's uh, Novakovich. Novakovich. Oh, I would have like dumbed it, Americanized it down. Everyone does. Novakovich. Yeah, that's yeah. A lot of people go with that. Some people just drop letters off. It's it's usually the the process. So say it one more time for me. Novakovich. Novakovich. <laughs> I can get it. That's you great. Know, yeah. Even even with a complicated name, I, sometimes I mess it up. well um so my real name is polish um and we were at a food truck the other day and it was a polish brought food truck and the guy was from poland and he could actually say our name like the brz which is supposed to be a brj type um pronunciation he could actually say it the way like they said it in poland and we we still can't do it so anyway that's just a little side note, though. Um, yeah, but I think you said your name was Serbian, correct? Yes, yes, it's Serbian. Serbian. Very cool. So we'll just jump right into books and authors sure. and writing. Tell us about your book. Um, I read it, so I love it, but I'm not going to give too many spoilers away. I want you to, and then I'll give my take on it after you give your take on it. How about sure. that? <laughs> sure. Well, it's a. Uh... It's a fantasy series. This is uh, the tomb. The Watchers of the Tomb is the first part of what will eventually be seven total books. Um, it's uh, kind of a, a take on what we're going through in today's world. Um, the Watchers is a collective of fallen angels that work on behalf of hell, um, trying to break the seven seals of revelation. Um, it will set free just immense evil on the world um just an apocalyptic wasteland there are two people who can try to stop this from happening one is a former detective in chicago and from the chicago police department john gideon the other is a rogue demon who was able to break free from hell beth may um and they team up to try to stop everything from happening. Um, now, the story is fantasy, right? It's that's that's what it is. But but the deeper meaning of the story is 
trying to show you that everything in today's world can be made sense of by something deeper. You know, I, that's what I wanted to try to do. Um, I started writing this at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and we, we saw so much craziness. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime pandemic. We, we were seeing not only that, but so much so, social injustice um, with, the, this was also right at the beginning. When I started writing, it was right after George Floyd was, you know, murdered in the streets. Um, so I, I wanted to put something together that helped me make sense of everything. And as writers, we have a voice, you know, I'm just one person. So I, I thought with my voice, I can try to help kind of make sense of something that I was seeing. So I did it in a way that I knew I can do it. I love fantasy. So I wrote it all down. I, and I created this crazy storyline. Um, and with that came this wild series. Uh, and it's just a, a way of heroes, heroes trying to fight back against something that, that is a little too crazy for us to, to understand. I love that backstory that you're right now. So I'm a weird person. If somebody tells me to read a book or somebody offers me a book, I don't read like the back cover or the blurb. I just start reading the book. <laughs> so usually I have no idea what they're about, what the characters or anything. So I just go in reading the book with no knowledge whatsoever. So coming from that, and this is like the opposite of, yeah. So I met John, who's a police officer in Chicago and he has a partner who's, who's the partner goes missing um, just as his father did, correct? Uh, well, so his father was never really in the picture. So that's okay. the story. So his father's never really in the picture, but his mother, his mother went missing. Okay. His mother went missing. Right. So, um, and then his partner goes missing and we don't really know why. And then it kind of jumps to three years later and John has become his own PI trying to mm -hmm. find his partner. And um, we know, and it's written from third person. So we see a couple of other characters and then I had no idea where the story was going, but I loved it. It was like, across between have you seen i zombie on the cw yeah, yeah. okay so i i never watched a zombie show before but i like that one so it's sort of that detective work um i zombie supernatural um yeah so how did you come up with the idea for doing these seven i mean indefinitely the last two years i feel like we have lived through something that has felt apocalyptic and is that how what made you think of these revelations and yeah so you know i'm not i'm not a religious person and that's not why i did it but when you think of the story of revelation there's you know sickness of war and, and death and all of that and i figured that was kind of the best story to bring to fantasy and, and with fantasy comes that kind of biblical storyline oftentimes um so that's that's kind of why i put that together uh, when I was originally thinking of what I wanted to write, I, I was coming up with this idea, you know, what, what would work best? Um, so for a while I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I could do it this way or I could do it that way. And then one day it just kind of clicked, uh, the revelation story would work, you know, these fallen angels coming to, you know, into the picture and, and in actual biblical texts, there are the watchers who fall from grace and, and, and become these fallen angels kind of terrorizing things. 
Uh, you know, and I did a lot of research on how this would work. And a lot of things in the story actually correlate to biblical text. And a lot of places in the story are actual places in Chicago. Um, you know, I, I'm from Chicago, so I make sure to have points in the storyline and specifically in the second book that's going to be coming out soon are real places in the city that you can find streets that, that meet, uh, you know, the, the real places. I want to make it as real as possible. So it seems as if it's something that as crazy as it is, maybe behind the scenes, this can be happening. And that's why the, the way the story is written, it's, there's a, there's a third person narrating some of the story, um, but it's also from the perspective of the actual characters. There's chapters labeled out, you know, Beth or John, and it's from their point of view in that exact moment in time. And they're telling you, this is what I'm feeling right this very second, because it's, if, while reading it, it's not just a story, you know, it's, to them, it's real life. And that's, that's what I wanted it to be, um, you know, as real as possible. I think you did a great job of that. Yeah, I liked John's perspective and Beth's perspective and then the, the third person over there going, okay, well, hmm, <laughs> this, this is another little tidbit for you guys. <laughs> so you. I think you did a great job of that. And yeah, it was obvious that, you know, a lot of research, that was going to be my next question. How much research did you do for this? So obviously a lot. Thank you. That's Thank very you. cool. Yeah, I kind of write the same way that urban fantasy, like trying to make it as real as possible, but then the fantasy part being like there's a countercultural or right. underworld um, that the humans don't know about. Mm. Um, and I also kind of bring those biblical references in too in my series. Mm. So that's very cool. It relates back to something I think a lot of people already know or know something about. So that also gives it that element of this may be real, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, and, you know, that's exactly what I was going for. But then also, I mean, I, I'm assuming you noticed from while reading it, I didn't want it to just be this dark and dreary kind of thing where, you know, where we're going through this dark time and you're reading this dark book. So I threw in little tidbits of humor or fourth wall breaking to take you out of the story every now and then because I wanted it to just seem like you're having a conversation with the character or they're just having a normal conversation with each other to seem like it's just real life. Um, I think you did a great job. Yeah, I love the book. Okay, you. so you wrote the book during the pandemic. So tell me, not everyone would just say, okay, it's a pandemic, I'm going to start writing a book. Did you have any experience writing before that? Have you been a writer? Like, what is your background? Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I, I never published anything before this, but I always wrote before this. Uh, so in high school, I, I would write stuff, you know, little things here and there. Um, but it wasn't until the pandemic that I really had the time to do it. Um, but I always enjoyed writing. Uh, it was, you know, something I, I, I was very fond of, um, whether it be little skits that I would just come up with because I was bored or, uh, you know, I, I took theater classes in high school and creative writing classes in high school, but I was never actually like 
classically trained, if, if you want to put it that way. I didn't go to college for creative writing. Um, but, but yeah, I, I did write prior to this. They liked writing. So yeah. that, that's a big part of it, I think. I don't think if you don't like writing, then it would be really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't have leaned toward that anyway, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you would have recorded it on a podcast or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, definitely something I enjoyed prior. Neat. And what authors inspired you or what maybe movies, television, do you have something that inspired you as a style? Well, you know, for me, when I was a kid, I wouldn't even really say an author uh, inspired me. The reason why I started writing before when I was younger was I, uh, I used to watch a lot of Mel Brooks movies, um, you know, with my, my, my parents and my, my grandparents. And when I was a kid, I loved those Mel Brooks movies. I mean, I would quote them like crazy. And I used to want to write movies or TV shows. And that's what I would write. I would write these little skits or try to write up a script. Um, and because those little one-liners that we would quote over and over and over again, I mean, I could still probably quote every single movie that he has wow. verbatim. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have something like that, those classic one-liners that he has. Uh, so that's kind of what inspired me to start writing. And in fact, the Watcher series, what I originally wrote it as was a TV series. Um, then I turned it into uh, a, a book series. Um, but that's how I originally wrote it. And that's kind of what got me going when I was younger was those Mel Brooks movies. So he's kind of the inspiration for me was why I wanted to start, start writing. Very cool. And so do you think you'll go back to that script writing? Yeah, I mean, I still definitely write some. Um, I, I have a few comedies that I've written. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to, to, to publish those or to, to pitch those out as an un, uh, unrepped writer. You know, I, I work with a small uh, publishing company now. They're an independent publisher who publishes those the books that I have, the series that I have. Um, but without an actual agent pitching a script is nearly impossible in this industry. Um, so one of the things that I'm trying to do is actually turn one of the scripts into a podcast, a full cast podcast. It's in the very early stages, but uh, we are trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to keep trying. I always, I mean, I have a bunch of ideas that, that flow through my head every now and then something will just pop in my mind. I write it down in my notes app on my phone that I'll eventually get to. But um, the book series is the most important thing right now. So I, I maintain that momentum. Uh, so I'm on the third book of the series. So I want to make sure I keep that going first. Um, but yeah, I, I always I always like the idea of script writing. Um, so I, I, I will eventually get back to more of that in the future. Very cool. So yeah, the first book is out. It came out in September, correct? Mm -hmm. The Watchers, it's called The Tomb. And the second book is coming out soon. Is that right? Yes. So that will definitely be out before the end of the year. Um, it's in edits with the publisher now. Uh, it should be out at the very latest uh, by mid-December. Very cool. And what is the, the title on that book? That's going to be The Watchers, The Horsemen. 
the horseman. Okay, yeah. like the the horseman from yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. <laughs> I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had actually know another person who's a scriptwriter as well. How is it different writing a script from writing a novel? Well, you know, uh, it depends on what you're writing. Um, you know, if you're writing a a TV show or if you're writing a movie and if you're writing a TV show it depends on if you're writing a 30 minute or an hour long script um, the page count really is important um, because it, the pages matter for how long it's going to be uh, for time wise um, the the action scenes um, like the the sequences very are, are matter very importantly um, but also it's the, the dialogue is really important too, because when you're writing in, in the novel, a lot of the, you know, you, the detail you can just narrate, but with this, when writing a script, you know, you, you leave a lot of it to what you would assume the actor would do. So you don't have to write out much of it. You know, it's okay. You let the actor have the, the liberties on that one. Um, you know, unless it's really important, okay, they need to do this specifically, then you have to write it in. But it's relatively, I mean, I don't want to say easy, but in a way, it's almost easier to leave certain things alone. Um, so at certain times, writing out a specific scene is easier than having to do it in the book. So when I was, say, for, with the Watchers, when I was transferring certain scenes over from the script to the book, I would think, okay, well, I was going to leave this in my mind to the actor, but now I have to figure out exactly what I want to do. So like a fight scene with the Watcher series that I wanted to leave alone, writing that out, a fight scene was a lot more difficult. Uh, I had to, it took me quite a while to figure out how to actually write out a fight scene. I feel like I got the hang of it, but I figured it out a little bit better in book two, I feel. Okay, so, interesting. Yeah, I would probably Google it and say, how yeah, do you remember I, the fight scene? A lot of Googling, a lot of Googling for, for the fight scenes. Yeah, my first book I wrote, when I handed it to my editor, she said, um, how did you write this? And I was like, well, I wrote it like I saw it in my head. Yeah. But it was like 180,000 words long. And it was mostly dialogue. I mean, I had descriptions in there, but it was a lot of dialogue because I just mm -hmm. wrote it like I was watching the movie in my head and I was right. writing what I was watching in my head. And so that ended up actually being my first two books. But she was like, okay, we got to take two thirds of this dialogue out of here, out of here. And like, just summarize the dialogue, even if it's first person, you know, just <laughs> summarize the, the, this whole five pages of conversation because you can't sit through that. <laughs> My writing has definitely evolved, so yeah. Yeah, it it, it 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 definitely gets a little complicated when you're first starting out, yeah. And you said you have seven planned. Do you know like what's going to happen in each novel already mm -hmm. and where you're going? That's amazing. Yes, yeah, so I know. I know how it's going to end. I you know I know roughly how I'm going to get there, but I will say that actually going through each book for the most part, I'm winging it because <laughs> uh, I, I don't like to set an exact timeline or goal because then I, I realize you know each chapter I'm like well I'd prefer it actually this way or maybe I should do it this way because then while I'm writing it out I think of something else that might fit or a different twist that I want to change so that's why I like to leave some a lot of it actually 
uh, open a little bit. So very cool. Yeah, I, I know how it's going to end. Creativity in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, um, yeah. Because in one of my series, I had this bad guy who was supposed to be the antagonist villain person, and he was so much in the book, and he was so much in my head that I just couldn't leave him the bad guy because yeah. he was pretending to be a good guy. So he was pretending to be nice this whole time. And then in the end, I couldn't actually make him a bad guy. And then he ended up getting his own book in the series. Like it was going to be a trilogy. And then the third book, I let him have his own book. And I, then I would kind of, he, it stayed in the storyline. But yeah, he ended up like totally taking me out of not <laughs> left field. But yeah, I just yeah, I didn't you end have up, the heart to make him a villain. So. You end up falling in love with the characters. I know it's it's this other world in your head, right? <laughs> so, what do you do when you get blocked? Uh, I actually, um, I just kind of take a break. I'll sorry, my dog is <laughs> kind of walking around here. If you can hear it clicking, uh, I'll just take a break. I'll I'll put on uh, put on the TV and just watch something. Or um, I actually drive for Uber, uh, and I'll get out and I'll just drive around the city. Uh, just to kind of see the city that, you know, I'm writing about just to get an idea. Um, but just get away from it for a minute. You know, I, I don't like to think about the fact that I'm blocked. Um, you know, I, I did that in the beginning where I, I was writing about it and I'd get in my head and that would then go days and be focused on it. Why can't I think of anything? So I would just shut that out of my mind. You know, it's not a big deal it happens and then i figured out well okay I, I'll, I'll be fine in a day or two well i thought your book was really creative because i haven't read anything similar to it and that's i love those when you find those that are like oh this is completely new and i haven't read anything like it so it's i really appreciate that thank you so much so I have one big question I always ask my authors, and you're maybe a little bit prepared for it, but maybe your answer is different. And what do you want your readers to come away from? When they're reading your books, what is the one thing you want them to feel or get or experience? Um, well, the main, like I said, the main thing that this is about, you know, not the fantasy, but the, the deeper meaning of this is what we're all going through. Um, no matter who you are, you're going through everything in the world, right? By this point now, it's been almost two years into this pandemic, we've all known somebody who's been affected by it. Um, by this point in the world, you've all known somebody who's faced some kind of social injustice. Uh, not two years, but years. You've known somebody. Um, whether it's you or somebody in your family, what, whoever. So again, it goes back to, we, I'm just trying to use my voice to get that message out there. We live in an extremely divided world. So I'm hoping that this book can just show that deeper meaning and eventually showcase that we're all going through it together. And it doesn't need to be divided. And that's, all I want to do is just try to make sense of a crazy world. That's very cool. I like that. Because I think, yeah, it's hard to think about the fact that, yeah. I was talking to someone who was older the other day, and he said, well, if you study all the huge pandemics, 
Um, so one, the first one, I think it was the Spanish, no, way back, like the Black Plague, yes. the Renaissance came out of that. And it, how wonderful that was, right? right. And then the um, Spanish influenza, World War One, right? I was like, hmm, that's not so good. We only got a 50-50 shot here. So <laughs> I hopefully we can go into that Renaissance, maybe um, higher version of uh -huh. the human experience where we can all see each other as humans. Right, right. That would that would be a good outcome. Mm -hmm. Just we just got to bridge that gap, and figure out a way to 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 connect again. That's awesome. Actually, it's cool that you were talking about driving around Chicago. I love Chicago. I've been there several times. But um, yeah, my first series, it's a college romance series, was based in at Northwestern in Evanston. So okay, I did a lot of research for that one as well. But cool. yeah, Chicago is a really cool town. It is or city, cool. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to visit. Yeah, it's so cold absolutely. in the winter time. I don't think I can live. Definitely cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up here, lived here all my life. I still am not used to the cold. Yeah, yeah. My mother-in-law always says the wind that's so bad there, the cold yeah. wind. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here today. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank to, you so much for my, having me. Yes, all my listeners get to know about the tomb and the Watchers series. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, you could find it on Amazon. Uh, you can Google my name. You can Google the Watchers series, uh, Watchers the Tomb. Um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. I have a link in both uh and keep an eye on both my social media accounts and i will post a link uh when the new book is up yeah well look for that new release definitely thank you yeah. for being here and we'll have definitely all your links in the um, description on the podcast awesome thank you so much for having thanks me thanks so much carl bye, bye, -bye. a big thanks to carl for joining me today Carl Novakovich is a writer and musician with a lifelong love of the creative arts. He can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Novakovich Carl. He spends most of his time working on the remaining books in the Watcher series at his home just outside Chicago, Illinois. Stay tuned for my first episode of 2022 on January 5th, when I host dystopian author Barbara J. Gilbert. Thank you for listening and happy holidays.